Well, good evening to you. Good to see all of you out this evening. If you have your Bibles, if you take them and turn, please, uh, once again to the book of Hebrews. And we'll be in Hebrews chapter number two this evening and appreciate uh, very much again the opportunity to preach God's word and uh, to be here with you. Enjoy the fellowship and uh, very encouraged to see what the Lord is doing here in your church and uh, appreciate your pastor giving me the opportunity and I appreciate Brother Vincent and his hospitality today and uh, good, good hearty lunch. So he, he was sure to fill me up so I won't preach uh, very long tonight. So he said only about an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday night. So I'll do my best. Hebrews chapter 2 and we'll begin in verse number 1. And uh, we're going to look this evening this subject of the danger of drifting from the word. The danger of drifting from the word. Several uh, years ago, my older brother was in Bible college. He was in um, Bible college down in Florida, Pensacola, Florida. And um, Pensacola is a terrible part of the world. Uh, it's very, very warm. And uh, there's there's beaches there. And, you know, it's just a terrible place to be. And uh, one terrible day, they were out uh, there at the... Of course, as Christians, we don't go to the beach. We go to the coast. They were out there at the coast. And uh, he and a couple of his friends found a sort of abandoned little boat there along the along the beach. And so they had the bright idea to get in this boat and, to, you know, see how they could manage out there on the on the Gulf. So they took it out a little ways. It didn't really have proper oars. They just had a few kind of sticks and boards they were using. And they were just having a great time. They were enjoying this boat and enjoying the nice weather and everything that was going on. And then they thought it was about time to begin to head back towards the shore. And they noticed that they they were kind of surprised at how far away the shore was and how hard it was to actually begin to paddle back without the use of proper oars. And uh, he said they, they nobody really said anything, but they all began a little bit of fright and a little bit of fright and thinking, are we really going to make it back? And they're, they were sort of really, really paddling and really going out to get back to the shore because they had drifted and uh, they weren't really aware of it. And that is a, a good illustration of what can happen in our life because there is a continual uh, pressure from all around us to drift away from God. How many of you found that? You found that there is a cost, it's a constant battle. It's not like in the Christian life you can kind of just sit down and say, well, I'm just going to drift home to glory. I'm going to lay the oars down and, uh, and you know, I'm not even going to really worry about reading the Bible or praying or putting on my spiritual armor. I'll just sort of drift on with Jesus merrily, merrily down the, the, the river of life and everything will be great. It doesn't really work that way, does it? As a matter of fact, it's completely opposite. Sometimes you feel like you are going upstream and everything's against you because we are in a battle and uh, when we go into battle, it's not always going to be easy. And so let's begin our reading in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 1 and see what the Bible says about the danger of drifting from the Word. The Bible says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the Word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of the reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs 
and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. Let's just have a word of prayer before we look into this passage. Father in heaven, we do love you tonight and we're grateful for the opportunity once again to gather together and to come together in your name. And Lord, we know that without you, we can do nothing. And so, Lord, our prayer tonight is that the Holy Spirit of God would uh, speak to us and that the word of God would have uh, free course in our lives and that our hearts would be good ground to receive what you have for us. Lord, we know that we are in a battle. We know that uh, the currents of life and the world and the flesh and the devil are constantly against the one who would follow you and that uh, we must be so careful uh, to not allow what you have done and what you want to do to slip away and allow ourselves to slip away from you. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be uh, we would take heed tonight. We would see the seriousness and the great opportunity and a great responsibility that is ours to listen uh, to the word of God and to listen to your message in our lives. And we just pray you'd meet the need of every heart tonight for those that may be discouraged or whatever they're facing, God, that you would just encourage them in their walk with you. And Lord, we'll praise you for what you do in Jesus name. Amen. Well, the book of Hebrews was written to a group of Christians that were going through some difficult times and they were actually headed into some even more difficult times. And it was written really to encourage these Christians, to encourage them uh, to keep on with the Lord, to encourage them to uh, to keep meeting together, to encourage them with who Jesus is and what a wonderful Savior is, and to encourage them to be very attentive to the Word of God. And we find several warnings in the book of Hebrews uh, where uh, the where God is saying to His people, He's saying, "Be careful that you listen to the Word." Uh, the, the beginning of the book starts off by telling us that God is speaking to us. It says in verse 1 of Hebrews 1, that God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. And you know, aren't you glad that God is speaking? Aren't you glad that God is, takes the initiative to speak and to talk to us? You know, sometimes we talk about uh, seeking after God or people seeking for God. But the truth of the matter is none of us seek for God. He seeks for us. If he didn't come seeking for us, we wouldn't be seeking for him. And God is like Job says, he's like a, a hunter and he hunts after us and he is calling us and he is inviting us and he's trying to get our attention and he's trying to talk to us because he really wants us to know him and he really wants us to listen to his word. But we have to be willing uh, to open our hearts and to listen to what God has to say. And so the first thing we notice in chapter 2 and verse 1 is that we need to give earnest heed to the word of Christ. We need to give earnest heed to the word of Christ. The whole first chapter of Hebrews, he says God is speaking and God is speaking through his son. And he goes down and talks about how great his son is, how his son is greater than the angels, how his son is the is the king, how his son is on the throne, how all the angels worship the son. And uh, he builds all this up and he and he talks about him sitting on the right hand in chapter one of verse 13. And then he says in first one of chapter two, therefore, because of the fact that God is speaking and because he's speaking through his son, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. 
We need to be listening to what Jesus wants to say to us. It says there earnest heed. That just means we should play close attention. It means uh, uh, to a much greater degree, we should be very, very careful. And our ears ought to perk up when we hear the word of God. But I don't know about you. I have a tendency, and especially uh, once you begin to hear a lot about the word, you can think, well, I've kind of heard all this before. You know, I've already read through the book of Jeremiah. I already know that it's boring. Therefore, I'm not going to listen. The truth matters. It's not boring. And the truth matters. It has great truth for us. And sometimes we can kind of say, well, I know what the book of John is talking about. Or I know what the pastor is going to preach. He's probably going to uh, do something. And, and we can tend to kind of just get uh, careless in our attentiveness. You know, it's like uh, it's like even, say, in a marriage. You know, when you, when the couple's first dating and and uh, their first writing and man, you know, they just listen so well. No, read the lines and read between the lines and read the lines backwards and make sure that they get every little word and hang on every single bit of it and read every uh, word that was written. And man, they listen great. And then they get married and everybody just does their own thing. <laughs> they don't listen. And she's over there dropping hints that you, you know, you would, you couldn't miss, you know, if you were trying to. And he's just oblivious. He's like, huh? You wanted what? You know, I thought you wanted a new fishing rod for Christmas. You know, uh, so uh, we need we can get in a in a in a state of mind where we're not listening and we're not taking heed. We've got to take careful heed to the message that God has for us and be so very careful because what God wants to say is really really important. All of us have probably heard much of the word of God. We've been exposed to the truth about Jesus and about his word. But have we really listened? And God is speaking to us. Jesus often said when he was speaking, he said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You would think that'd be a given. You'd think it'd be obviously. But he knew it was kind of like, listen up, listen, I got something important to say. And that's what we need to do. We hear the word of God. We need to work at it. And we need to say, I'm going to listen up. I'm going to make myself listen to the word of God because the word of God is so important. Have you ever been reading your Bible and you might have read 10 chapters and you got done and you were like, somebody said, what'd you read? And you're like, I really don't know. You were just, you were just, you were just going through it. And then there's other times you're there and you're like, wow, oh, this is amazing. This is great. I know even when I'm studying for a message, sometimes I'll get a passage and uh, I'll read it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to say about this. But the more I begin to look at it, the more I begin to meditate upon it, the more I begin to think about it, the more I'm like, this is amazing. This is fantastic. How could I not see this? What changed? Was it the word of God? No, it was me and me opening my ears to hear what the Lord had to say in Revelation 2, verse 7, the Bible says, He that ear hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Jesus said in Mark 8, 18, He said, Having eyes, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember. That's really what church is about. You know, I'm probably not going to say anything and have not said anything that you've not heard already. But we got to be reminded. Peter said, I'm writing to stir you up to remembrance because we need to be constantly reminded of what does the word of God say? 
all week long, you're getting bombarded with what the world says, with what the devil says, with what the flesh says. We got to be reminded and we need to come ready to listen, to hear God's word. We need to get up in the morning ready to listen to what God says in his word. So we need to be very careful and we need to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. It'd be sad if we put more energy into our businesses or into our schoolwork or into our family than we did the word of God. We ought to give the most earnest heed. We got to give the most, the most attention to the word of God. But if you're like most people, like me, sometimes, oftentimes it can become secondary. And even in the ministry, you can think, well, I'm too busy doing things to really sit down and just have some time where I really listen to God. But we got to give the more earnest heed to it. Second thing we see is that we should not let the word of God slip. Look what the Bible says in verse one. It says we should give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. The idea here of slip is there's an image of flowing water, of something that can be washed away. You know, sometimes uh, our minds can be like sieves, can't they? And the word of God goes in and we hear it and we're excited. We're sitting in church and we're like, yes, we read our Bible. Yes, that's what I want to do. And then we immediately go out and we do we do the complete opposite of what we know the Bible just said. What happened? They slipped away from us. We weren't we weren't uh, hungry and thirsty for them. We weren't letting them really have a place in our heart. The word of God is not something that we naturally desire or will uh, or want to allow into our lives. Obviously, the Holy Spirit desires it, but the flesh kind of goes against it. The flesh doesn't doesn't always enjoy it. What are some things that cause us to resist the word of God? Very quickly, several things here. First of all, we resist it because it's a sword that cuts straight to the heart. Sometimes the Bible has to do a bit of surgery, doesn't it? Sometimes the Bible has to cut out some things that shouldn't be there. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It knows what I'm thinking. It knows what my the very thoughts in my heart. And sometimes I don't like that. Sometimes I don't like it pointing out where I've got a bad attitude or my heart is not right. And so my tendency is to stay away from anything painful. But sometimes we need the word of God to kind of hurt us just a wee bit because faith are the wounds of a friend. And sometimes I need to be rebuked and sometimes I need the word of God to do business in my heart. I'll be honest with you, there's, if I really open my heart most time my devotion, I'm kind of like, okay, I bet I need to get, I need to get work on this. I need to work on that. I need to work on this. And sometimes you're kind of like, my goodness, every time I open the word of God, I need to change. And God's like, yep. I'm making you like Jesus. You're not there yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. But you've got to let the word of God do it. So don't resist it just because it sometimes cuts us to the heart. Secondly, it reveals the very thoughts and the intents of a heart. Hebrews 4.13 says that there is neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. It's funny. I was talking to a lady uh, up in County Donegal, and she said she was over at a Baptist church in America. And she said she went into the church, and she said it was the strangest thing. She said it was like that pastor, and I think she was from a Catholic background. She said it was like that preacher was preaching right to me. So it was a big church. 
So it was the weirdest thing. What was going on? God knew her and God was not, God was not, nobody else might have known her, but God knew and God was using the word of God to reveal her and it was a little bit scary because God sees us and you're sitting there and you're like, the Bible knows me. The Bible is showing who I really am. And we sometimes resist it. Thirdly, uh, the, we might have a problem listening to the word of God because Satan, take your Bibles, go to Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four, Jesus explained a few of these things about in the parable of the of the sower. Look at Mark chapter four and look at verse number 14. The Bible says in Mark four fourteen, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. You know, Satan is an enemy of the word of God. Satan wants to snatch away what has been sown. He is going to put some distraction, something in your mind, uh, something you're thinking about or some way. And uh, you'll be listening and he will want to snatch that away from us. So we must guard against the devil and we must be in prayer so that the devil cannot snatch away the word that is sown in our hearts. Look down at verse number 16 of Mark 4. He says also, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. And have no root in themselves and so endure for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. You know, affliction and persecution will cause us to listen to the word. We get mad at God. We're like, well, God, I'd listen, but you're not working stuff out for me right now. You're causing affliction and persecution. And to be honest with you, I'm just, a little bit, I'm just a little bit disappointed. Here I am trying to serve you, trying to do what's right, and things aren't working out the way I had it planned. I don't know if I'm going to listen to the word of God. And this can cause us to not listen to what God's saying. Look as well at uh, verse 18 and 19. He says also there, he says, And these are they which are sown among thorns. Such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word and become unfruitful. We have a bad problem with this, don't we? The cares of this world, sometimes just the busyness of life, deprives us from really listening for the word of God. We're so busy. We're, we're running here and there. Uh, we, we don't give God time and it chokes out God's word. We can't listen to the word of God. Uh, the deceitfulness of riches because we're obsessed with, with having things. We don't have time for the word of God and the lust of other things, whatever those might be, come in and they're going to choke out the word of God. We have to be so careful. But you know, the real problem is not all these things. The real problem is actually our hearts. Because now he says in verse 20, he says, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. You see, some of the ground, when the seed of the word of God was sown, it brought forth fruit. And the reason was not because the word had changed or the sower had changed. God wants to speak to every single person in this room. Some people are going to bring forth fruit and some are not. And to be honest with you, it really depends on how much you are willing to open your heart to what God's saying. 
It's not like God saying, you know, I'm going to work in their life, but I really could be bothered to work in their life. I don't believe that. God is not a respecter of persons. God wants to do work in everyone's. His eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. And he is looking for someone whose heart is perfect towards him. Not somebody who's never sinned, but somebody who completely is broken and says, God, please work in me. And when he finds a heart like that, he says, man, I can bring forth fruit in that life. And the word of God will begin to blossom and there will be fruit there. And the difference was it was the soil that it was sown in. Will you let God's word have good soil? And when it is sown, fruit comes from it. It's all about our heart. Why do I get so busy? Because I want to get so busy. Why do I get distracted? Because I want to get distracted. Why do I let the Satan deceive me? Because I, I, I just let him do that. He can't force me to. I make a choice, don't I? And I have to open my heart and I have to say, God, speak to me. God, I want, I need you. I need you to talk to me. I want to listen to you. All through the word of God, we're reminded about the warning of slipping away from the word of God. Deuteronomy 4, 9 says, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and to thy sons' sons. We have to be so careful to listen and to be reminded of what God's saying. Deuteronomy thirty-two forty-five. Moses made an end of speaking all these words to Israel. And he said unto them, Set your hearts upon all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. For it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. He says, you got to listen because this is life here. The word of God is the life-giving uh, source. The word of God is what is our spiritual food. We need it. Without it, we will spiritually we will spiritually shrivel up and not bring forth fruit. It's your life, and through this thing, ye shall prolong your days in the land, whither you go over Jordan to possess it. And we know later on what happened. They forgot it. They forgot it, and eventually they were taken captives, and they left the land. And the temple was destroyed. And even when they came back to rebuild it, the Bible says there was some standing by and they were weeping. And I think they were weeping because they thought we lost so much. And the second temple was not like the first one. It was nothing like it because they had not listened and they had drifted away from God's word. The people that said, God, we will follow you later said, we don't care who you send to us. We are going to do our own thing. And what happened? Was it one day they woke up and said, we don't want God's blessing and we want to be slaves to Babylon and Assyria? No, they just didn't give earnest heed. They just kind of said, well, I can kind of take it easy on this one. I don't really need Bible study. I mean, I've been a Christian for 25 years. I've read my Bible through 15 times. I mean, I pretty much know it. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm in the RU home. Good night. We have Bible 24-7. And they kind of, I'm a Bible college student. That's what they always told us. The easiest place to, to backslide is in Bible college. And to be honest with you, it was. It was shocking how many guys were, said they were going to be preachers and missionaries that would not have personal devotions. You're like, I, I mean, I know I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I haven't seen that guy read his Bible in several months. No, then there was others that sort of like were like Pharisees, you know, and they were up at four o'clock sleeping in the utility room pretending to have their devotions, uh, you know. But uh, but you can backslide. 
if you're not careful. And it's not really something you say. I don't think when my brother got in that boat, he was like, hey, let's drift out to open seas and get eaten by sharks. But they just were kind of not paying attention and they began to drift. And we got to be careful because uh, there are many things that will keep us from God's word and we can slip away. Now, let me give you three reasons we should take great heed to the word of Christ um, and we'll be done. Look at verses 2 to 4 now. Look back at Hebrews chapter 2. And look at verse 2. It says, For the word spoken by angels, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, in other words, if it was reliable, if it was trustworthy, God spoke through angels. And man, when God spoke through angels, it happened. Angels said to Mary, you're going to have a child. She had a child. Angels said to uh, Manoah and his wife, you're going to have a child, Samson. And they had a child. The angel said to Zechariah, you're going to have a child. And they had a, When the angel spoke, you could count on it. If an angel appeared to us tonight, we'd be like, whoa, it was good service tonight. Pastor O'Gorman comes back and says, how was it? You're like, it was great. An angel appeared. You know, and it wasn't Travis. And it definitely wasn't Brother Layton. You know, an angel came down and appeared to us. you like, man, glory to God. It was a great service. What did he say? You know? He said, read the Bible. <laughs> Just stop looking for angels. Uh, you, we would listen. But he says, if that word was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of their reward, if everything they said came to pass and if you didn't listen to it, you were rewarded, you were punished. Consequently, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord. If we could count on the word of angels, how much more can we count on the word of the Lord? You know, we are like, whoa, man, what if, man, it would be awesome if you saw an angel. Every time they, people saw him in the, in the Bible, they fall down. Some people wanted to worship him. Some people thought they were going to be dead. I mean, it was an amazing experience. But sometimes when we come to the word of God, we're just kind of, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of really open interpretation and, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. So it's really, and we're not, we don't have any all. I appreciate our brother's lesson today because it was like, this is an incredible book. And we've got to have that, that attitude. We can't lose the wonder of the word. We can't lose the excitement. It opened God's love letter to us. It is an exciting thing. And we have to realize, first of all, first reason is because the word of Christ is far greater than even the word of angels. The word of angels were involved in giving God's message to men. Uh, in Acts chapter 7 and verse 52, listen to what the Bible says. It says, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Listen to this. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. They received the law by the disposition of angels. I'm not 100% sure what that means. All I know is the angels were somehow involved in giving God's law. So they gave God's law. Galatians 3.19 says, Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure what that means other than that it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. But they were involved. They gave, uh, they gave God's message. But now we have the Son we have Jesus Christ speaking to us and giving us his word. He was the one all the angels bowed down and worship. And he is speaking to us. 
We ought to listen up and say, man, I'm going to listen. I'm going to pay heed. I'm going to I'm going to listen to him. I'm not going to take what the television says or what everyone is saying. I'm going to listen because Jesus is speaking to me and Jesus is speaking to you. And he is waiting for you to 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 open your ears and to say, Lord, will you talk to me? Will you will you speak to me? And he will do it. Secondly, we should listen to the word of God because the punishment for those who neglect the word of Christ will be much greater than those who neglect the word of angels. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. And if when the angels spoke, people rejected it, there was a just recompense of the reward in verse 2. He says, how are we going to escape if we neglect so great salvation? You read the Old Testament. When people rebelled against God's word, bad things happened. How much us who have 66 books and an entire Bible and uh, the message of Jesus through his apostles... We are very responsible. We really should listen. First Corinthians chapter 10 says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And it goes down through and talks about all these people. And so we should be listening. And then the third reason why we should listen to the word of God is because the word of Christ was given to us through many ways and means. Look at all this here. Look at verse number three. It says it was spoken by the Lord. The Lord spoke and we have record of him speaking. It was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. We have the testimony of the apostles who heard Jesus. We have that, that written down for us. God also bore that bearing them witness both with signs and wonders. We have miracles and signs and wonders that are recorded for us. And with uh, divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. You see, we should listen to God's word because it's been given to us. There's, there's really no excuse for not knowing what God wants us to do. I mean, if that book doesn't kind of intimidate you, I would hate, hate it if he, if he gave us more. I mean, sometimes like, I wonder what else there is. I can barely handle it. 1,189 chapters. I don't know about you. It's kind of like, God, I wonder what your word is. And he's like, I gave you 1,189 chapters. You finish that, you know, get back to me. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with this. God's speaking. God's given us a lot here. He has done a lot to get his message to us. We should really listen up because there's a danger that we could slip away. Jesus is too great to ignore. We, some may hate him. Some may love him. Some may accept him or reject him. But we cannot ignore him. He is too great to just not think about. I'll tell you a story and I'll be done. He was a preacher who was converted under uh, George Whitfall. You probably heard of George Whitfield. And he wrote this hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. How many of you know the hymn? You heard the hymn, before, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. To my heart to sing thy praise. Well, this uh, Robert Robertson kind of began to drift away from the Lord. And uh, he had been greatly used as a pastor, but for whatever reason, he began to neglect spiritual things and he began to go astray. In his attempt to find peace, he began to travel. And during one of his journeys, he met a young lady who it must have been very spiritually minded because she said to him, she said, have you uh, have you ever read this hymn? What do you think of this hymn? And wouldn't you know it? It was the very hymn he had written. And he kind of tried to sort of, you know, him haul around and say, I think it's all right. But he had to be honest. He said, you know, actually, I wrote that hymn. And I think when he read those words, he thought, man, there was an earnestness there. There was a there was a desire for the word of God. And he remembered what it was like to hunger and thirst for the word of God. And I wonder this morning if we wouldn't be honest tonight and say, you know, I think I've drifted a little bit. 
God's not moved. God stayed there and he is still open and ready. And he says, if you will listen, I'll speak to you. But sometimes we drift, don't we? Sometimes the hunger's just not there. It shouldn't have to take a death in the family. It shouldn't have to take a huge financial downturn for us to say, God, speak to me. All of us should turn to God in those times. But we ought to say, God, today's another day. You know, it shouldn't take Terry yelling at me and throwing stuff at me for me. Be like, what do you want? You know, I should be saying, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Because I love her. And you know, God's been good to us. And God wants to speak to us. Will we listen to him? Let's have a word of prayer tonight. Father in heaven, we do thank you so much that you want to speak to us. Thank you so much that you are speaking. And maybe even now you're speaking to someone about salvation. And you've been knocking at their heart's door and you've been saying, come unto me, come unto me. And for a long time, they've kind of been trying to drown you out. They've been kind of trying to put you off. But maybe tonight they would say, Lord, I'm going to answer. I'm really going to listen tonight and I'm really going to receive your invitation. Maybe there's some tonight that are believers. And to be honest, the ebb and flow of life, the trials of life. The cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and all these things may have begun to kind of take them slowly away from listening to the word of God. And Father, I pray tonight we'd realize that we have been greatly blessed. We have a great privilege and honor. We hold before us an amazing letter from our our Savior who wants to speak to us. And God, give us a hunger and a thirst. Help us get off the things that take away our desire for, this, for the sincere milk of the word. And that we would get back and we would, it would be like it was in other times in our life when we really hungered for, for you. And when the word of God was just so precious. We have been blessed. Help us give more, more earnest heed. And Father, we ask these things in your name. Amen.